Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello NRL fans, welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky and welcome to the Round 16 review. We'll be going through all the games from the Round 16 slate. A very interesting week, a lot of, a lot of blowouts. Some of the scores just off the top, 46 to nil, 66 to nil. 44-6, Lots of carve-ups. There was a couple of close games that did keep some intrigue. Obviously, a lot of super coach. Uh, big score. So, obviously, a lot of guys cheering there with the, the big uh, score lines. But, you know, in terms of quality of the play and, you know, some of the some of the efforts really put out there was a bit lacking. So, not the most exciting round to go through, but there are some talking points. Let's get right into it from game one. The Roosters versus Storm. 46-0, the Storm winning over the Roosters. And this was... Very, very surprising. I thought it would be a lot closer. Um, you know, I thought the Roosters, they played a pretty close game the first time they played earlier in the season. Um, there was a bit of rain around, uh, so I thought it could even bogged the game down even more. But a bit more of the same was, yeah, the Josh Adokar show, another hat-trick, take the lead in the try-scoring tally. Uh, Nico Hines played beautifully. Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes played their part in the forwards, just really, really rolled them. It wasn't close. It was something that, you know... I thought Tedesco and Sam Wall could really take the game to the next level. Sam Verrill was a hooker, obviously, coming back after his injury, but they're just really missing that one piece that isn't Luke Keery. You know, Luke Keery, even Brett Morris, you know, those two guys, Boyd Cordner, Nate, Jake Friend, the, the players that they've lost during the season, Lindsay Collins, Victor Riley suspended right now. It goes on and on right now, and it's it gets to a point of no return, and, you know, Again, some of the some of the other sides that's not in the top three that can really, you know, make a dent here. But yeah, to me, the, the the Roosters here was the way that they they attacked. You know, they were just Tedesco was trying his trying his harder. You know, Sam Walker was getting absolutely belted. To me, this kind of screams of Drew Hutchinson getting back in the six jersey, a big body, big kicking game to take the pressure off Sam Walker and not really have him taking some of those shots because you know. At the start of the season, the refs were, you know, called every single late hit or, you know, a bit of contact on the kicker. But, yeah, Sam Walker, especially in this game, got absolutely trounced on a couple of them, especially with the Christian Walsh shit. So, look, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here for the Roosters. I think they are in a bit of trouble here. Not so much that they're not going to miss the A by any means. They're still going to make the A and, you know, get, you know, probably a home final. But, you know, that second week of the final, there's a couple of teams I think could really put a score on this Roosters team. And, I don't really see the, the the ways to improve this team. You know, you could see, you know, like I said, Drew Hutchinson coming in at six. You could see even a Joey Manu going to six and a Billy Smith uh, coming in, you know, the, the Great Britain International to come get a run. I think they just got to try and change up a little bit because from what we've seen in this game, they're, they're in a world of hurt. And, you know, I thought Vero's played a good game. You know, they're going to get Radley back next week. Takiyaho's up front getting fit. Jarawira Hargraves. You know, Crichton Satili on it. You know, it's a good team for the Roosters, but the way the Storm really carved up and the Storm kind of really, you know, attacked through the edges, which is something they don't really see from a Roosters team. You know, Ikavali was dropped for Sawali. He had a pretty hard game as well. A lot of errors coming out. Like I said, it was raining, so errors were to be made. Melbourne did make quite a few errors too. You know, a silly simbin for Daniel Vafita. Um, you know, his second one of the year where he's, you know, had a bit of grubbiness about him and um, put his team in a bit of trouble. But, yeah, like I said, they they score in bunches, 24, 28, 30, 36. You know, they were all the tries in that little period before halftime. And, you know, the way they were scoring their tries, you know, the early kick for Adokar behind the line, 
Nico Hines sweeping around the back, you know, Ken Bromwich shooting a nice hole, all those type of things just leads to a scoreline like it is. And the incredible stat that Melbourne has now scored 40, 40 points in 10 games this season. They've played 16 games and they've scored 10, uh, 10 times they've scored 40 points. It's an incredible record that they've got. And they're just, they're, they're the favorites right now. They, I think you can't go beyond Melbourne now, you know, Cleary will come back for the Panthers. Manly's Turbo is obviously turning on a show, but I think, you know, the unequivocal uh, favorites of the comp is the Melbourne Storm. The Roosters will be there in the finals. They will make some noise. They've got some genuine, you know, championship material about them. But I think it's a little bit similar to last year, especially when you think back to that Raiders semi. And, you know, at, at a certain point, the class just, you know, has to come in a bit of play here and, um, they were a bit lacking here. So how I think it will go, like I said, I think Drew Hutchison will be back in the sixth thing. Lachlan Lamb will drop out. Uh, and obviously Victor Radley show back into the 13. And I'll see if those couple of tweaks do make a change. It won't surprise me at all. Billy Smith gets a run at some stage. I've been tuning his uh, praises all season. I think he's ready for the NRO. He's obviously had a couple of very bad injuries and he's fit. So hopefully a couple more games, um, you know, getting some match fitness in reserve grades. And then we can really see him, uh, making some impact in this Roosters um, first grade side. So again, pretty convincing. Like I said, did get a pretty wrong. I thought this would be fairly close, but again, Melbourne Storm really showing their class there. Next game of the round, first game from Friday at Gosford. It was the Dragons 19 defeating the Warriors 18 in a game where you kind of had to think about eight different ways the Warriors could have lost this. Uh, definitely thought, the Warriors of old were put to bed. I thought Nathan Brown's done a really good job with this team. I thought Chad Townsend going over there uh, mid-season to give him a bit of direction while CHT is out, um, but not meant to be. They got out to that lead. Uh, Egan, Katoa, and a four all scoring tries, and really that 50-minute mark, you're thinking it's dead now. They're going to really put on a score here, but not to be. And, you know, the Dragons scored three tries in 10 minutes right at the end, including a try as a siren sounds to Cody Ramsey in the corner. Some really, really poor defensive efforts in this game. You know, it was a, a low-scoring game, but, you know, I kind of think of the Bundy Afoa uh, try on the line, camped, McCulloch not getting up, just getting steamrolled. You think about the Jared Beal try um, with seven minutes left, you know, Cozzy shooting in and uh, missing the assignment there. The Jack Burr try four minutes later, again, Cozzy and Tuvasashek not really communicating at the back of the in goal, trying to kick it dead, uh, bobbles around Jack Burr, puts it down. And obviously, Cody Ramsey on the other side of the field, you had the Montoya side there uh, getting ripped apart, really. And that, that was really, really easy when you kind of look at the replay. You didn't expect them to cross over that. You know, you thought there'd be a little bit more uh, desperation and, you know, diving at the last second, but just got very much overlapped. And a lot of people will point to the Chad Townsend field goal attempt uh, when they're already up by eight and, you know, probably wasn't the play. But I've been saying to the people who've been telling me that all, all week, um, you know, if he goes and puts a grubber in to get a repeat set or puts a bomb up and it gets caught in the end goal or goes dead by one bounce, it's the same result. So I actually don't mind the play because they get the ball back then and, you know, it, it takes the two-point field goal out of the equation. So I'm not going to rip Chad um, that much. He did play through an AC joint injury from the sounds of it. He did get some injections at halftime, so it was pretty brave for him to be out there. And I thought he did steer the team well at the start of the second half. Um, but again, just some very poor defensive reads. And for the Dragons, they somehow keeps staying in the top eight. You know, I, I'm not really understanding how this team um, keeps doing what they're doing because right now they're sitting seventh on the ladder. They are now, um, as we go through the rest of these games, they have now got a win above 
uh, eight, nine, ten uh, on the ladder. So they're in a bit of a box seat. Eight wins, eight losses. Um, you know, still got a minus point differential, but they're right there and they've got the buy next week. They'll freshen up, uh, get another two points in the bag. So they're, they're setting themselves up to be, uh, you know, in the top eight. So credit to them for really uh, sticking in there because that was a game that they really deserve, didn't deserve to win. I thought the forwards for the Dragons kept them in it. I thought Paul Vaughan's first tip was incredible. You know, one of his best ones in a couple of years. To Bellin's getting stronger and stronger with every game. I thought Tarek had a big game as well. And, you know, Ben Hunt has been, you know, low-key flying under the radar, steering this team around the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it wasn't a huge Matt Dufty game. Uh, it wasn't a huge Jack Bird game, Corey Norman, some of the usual suspects in attack. It was really Ben Hunt steering it around behind the forward. So a good win for the Dragons. Like I said, they've solidified themselves uh, in the eight. And, you know, with the bye coming up, that should really cement them. And they should have a, you know, a, a decent run home, can get a couple of wins there and really cement it. And, make finals because uh, that's obviously what they're they're aiming for for the warriors a golden opportunity um been harping on it all season you can't lose to the teams that's around you um and yeah they, they really let themselves down there i thought two of us two of us a check played great uh, but yeah i think they really really do need reese walsh and i thought cody and nicarima you know for any super coach fans that brought in cody um, for buy-around coverage and, you know, some of these easy games that are coming up, you'd be absolutely killing um, that he was pulled out with that injury. Um, so hopefully it's a quick return because I think Nikarima and Walsh both are very key cogs now to this Warriors attack moving forward. Next game in the round is the Panthers versus the Eels at Blue Bet on Friday. And the Panthers winning 13-12 in the closest game of the round by far, uh, obviously besides the Golden Point game. Um, you know... It was a pretty, um, the conditions were good. There was no rain. It was a bit dewy, uh, but that's about it. It was a really tight battle like I thought it was. You know, each team kind of matched the try when a, when a team scored. So obviously you had Sevo crossed over in the 22nd minute. Tyron May barged his way over in the 34th minute. After the break, probably scores one minute after half time. And then Happy Chorus, our beautiful show and go and really good acceleration line in the 50th minute. So they all kind of counted each other. Um, you had the... You had the penalty. Um, you and kick both his goals. Mitch Moses missed one of his conversions, but did kick a penalty in the 56th minute to tie it up. Uh, then you had Matt Burden in the 78th minute. Um, his second field goal attempt, he finally kicks one in first grade. And then obviously Mitch Moses, um, as the siren went, had a, a penalty to win the game. Did, did go astray, hooked it to the left, and that was all she wrote. It was a really close game, much closer than I thought it would be, obviously. Um, a compromised Joram Luai has come out of this game that he did pick up an injury. Um, and he's out for a couple of weeks now with a with a knee injury. So a hobble uh, Joram Luai, no Nathan Cleary. Really good win for the Panthers to get this one off, which Holly Staines at the back did some good things. Obviously, they did mention in the commentary a couple of times, Dylan Edwards isn't the biggest ball player, um, more, much more of a running fullback. Charlie Staines is a running fullback, but can also have some very soft hands. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if Charlie gets a run for the next couple of weeks. They've obviously got the bye this week. But there's no real need to rush Dylan Edwards back. He's had a couple of little uh, knocks this this season, uh, missed some games with a couple of different injuries. So I think they're they're okay to put uh, Dylan Edwards on ice with Cleary and Luai, get those guys ready for, you know, around 22 push to the finals. Uh, so Charlie Sands gets a run. And obviously Matt Burton, Tyron May, you think would be the halves moving forward. And Tyron May played one of his better games in first grade. You know, that, that try was, you know, what we kind of need from uh, Tyro May, you know, Nathan Cleary and Jerome Lua like to take the line on. 
like to make some dents in the in the defensive line, keep them seven, second guessing for their pass game and the kicking game to really um, be effective. And I thought Tyro May, a bit of running game about him is exactly what he needs there. So it was a good win uh, for the Panthers. I thought their forwards uh, were really good. Lanou off the bench had a couple of moments, obviously a couple of bad ones with some strips as well. Uh, Sorensen also off the bench was pretty good. But the starting forward pack, you know, I thought Kiki had a good game. Fisher Harris, Isaiah Yeo is obviously a very key cog to this side. Uh, and then the backs did their work, obviously. Brian Toll, you know, keeps doing the damn thing, uh, absolutely tearing it up. And, you know, when you think three guys have got him tackled, he still makes that extra five, six metres, which is exactly what you want. So the Panthers do what they do. The Parramatta, I thought it was a pretty good game. You know, a couple of really costly intercept template. Tom Opicic, who obviously played through um, pretty traumatic circumstances where his brother uh, was tragically uh, passed away earlier in the day in an accident. So thoughts go to the Tom Opicic family. But, um, you know, played well while he was out there. Had a couple of really close intercepts. And, you know, the game was kind of, you know, it was begging on a Parramatta side for a big swing play like that. And he obviously went for them and they didn't come off. But um, giving the Panthers repeat sets on the line, you know, that Coruscant one especially, you know, really Sean Langer caught out in the middle, you know, no attempt on the tackle and Coruscant just sprinted to the line and Clint just couldn't make the tackle there. So Parramatta, it was a good it was a good effort. Uh, obviously, would have loved to have got the win. And, I th- you know, as a Parramatta fan, I had real big confidence that Mitch would kick that goal. Wasn't to be, um, but they're still right in there. And, you know, they're going to be top four. They'll have mainly uh, pushing for a top four spot. So they've got to get on their bike a little bit here because they don't want to drop in the fifth and then play a sudden death. So I mean, they'd like to have two two cracks at it, but um, yeah, cracking game. And obviously in, in a round where there wasn't that many of them, uh, it was good to obviously have a bit of a belter like that in a, in a heavyweight battle. Uh, the next ones we can all kind of, Super Saturday was really super for one team in each game. So we'll kind of breeze through these ones. First one, there's not much to say. Manly 66 defeating the Bulldogs nil. It was a pretty much a second string Bulldogs side. Uh, obviously had a lot of co- They had five COVID breaches. Had a couple of injuries with uh, Kotrick and Adam Elliott. So that, they were up against it from the start. They were versing a red-hot, rampaging uh, Manly side. And, you know, it was the Tom Travojevic show once again. Turbo with a hat-trick. Jason Saab with a hat-trick. Ruben Garrick with a double. Uh, Sipley with a double. Carl Lorden crashed over for a try. It was as brutal as you can get. And, you know, like I was saying from the start, there was a lot of super coaches that really, really loved this game because, obviously, if you own... Garrick, Saab, and Turbo, you know, you could easily crack 1,600 in a a round this weekend, Classic. And, you know, if you got him in draft, which I was versing the Garrick and Saab owner, uh, got a 1,000 score put on me. So it was pretty demoralizing to watch, especially from a a Supercoach perspective, but just from an NRL perspective, you know, it was... um, Again, it was it was pretty hard to watch in terms of this young bulldog side just getting ripped to shreds, and you know, off the kickoffs, uh, you know, they were giving away repeat sets, and you know, once you give Turbo a sniff, um, Daly Trevins played a good game as well. Once, once you give those type of players a sniff, you know, it, there's not much you can do, and there's really not much else to say. They it was through the middle, it was out wide, um, you know, there was a sin bit in there that didn't help them. Hopper White got sin bit in the 58th minute, so then you got Gary try 58, Saab 64. Uh, Saab 69, you know, just they, they pile it on. And it was very, very interesting to see. Um, I thought this would be one where Manly would kind of take the foot off the throat, you know, give Turbo some time on the pine, you know, rest him up. But no, they really wanted to put a... I think they did take note of what Melbourne did to the Tigers the week before. And I thought they really... 
this this was a flex game for Manly. You know, they're, they're coming up. They're still six right now. They're behind the Roosters. They're slowly catching them. They play them uh, later in the season. They got the Rab. They got the Rabbits and Parramatta ahead of them. Uh, I believe they got them as well uh, before the season ends, especially Parramatta. That's the last round. So, to me, it's just going to be. You know, this is a flex game for me. They're now going to really make a charge for the top four. And if they get two cracks, the cherry in the finals, they're going to be a very, very interesting team. Um, you know, my, one of my fears as a Parramatta fan is we're going to finish fourth, get Mer- Melbourne in round one, get absolutely demoralized by Melbourne, and then have to back up into a manly week two. Um, so not really what I want to want to see. That's what I'm kind of visioning right now. But yeah, if you're a Bulldogs fan, you know, there's not much you can say. Like I said, you had a you had basically a, a reserve grade squad out there. So to me, you can't really judge on that form. Um, you know, Kyle Flanagan came in there his first game back in seven weeks, I think it was, and you know, nothing that Kyle could have done in this game to change it. You know, so any of the Kyle Flanagan hate, you know, can't really be pinpointed on this game. Saying, oh, this is why my argument's correct." I think if you're a Bulldogs fan, you just have to throw this one out. Manly, obviously. Tries galore, super coach, um, captains galore. Um, but we move on because, yeah, like I said, not really a close game at all in this one. Manly getting the win and getting it very, very comfortably. The next game, it was the Titans 44 defeating the Canberra 6 at GIO. Uh, the Viking clap was silent. Um, and two teams of me and Nom in the preview obviously did say this is going to be um, very, very interesting with, um, you know, how's Canberra going to battle back here? Because they're they're at a very tedious position in their in their history right now. You know they had they've come off some of the best years um, since obviously the early nineties uh, where they were winning premierships. You know they were in a grand final. They were within one win of a grand final. Uh, then this season, you know the preseason darlings, a lot of teams picking them to you know go a step further and even win the comp. You know be their team to challenge Melbourne to challenge the Panthers, and their fans were walking out with twenty five minutes to go. You know, the Titans have been very, very up and down all season. Absolutely demoralized them. And, you know, it was one-on-one misses. It was Jared Croker who, you know, um, Jared Croker, when we do the the NRL pyramid at the end of the year for the the Hall of Fame for the NRL era, Jared Croker is on there. He's been a great player and he's done a lot of things in the, in the NRL. You know, obviously fourth most point scorer in NRL history, but... There comes a point where I think we need to get a bit of a taps on shoulders here um, because you got a guy like Matt Tomoko sitting in your reserves right now. And obviously, first game back, he's obviously rusty, but some of those misses, um, you know, the Patrick Herbert one in, in particular, um, you know, Jamal Fogarty went over uh, just before half time off a scrum, one at one out, you know, Kevin Proctor barging over in the second half, you know, all these type of tries were just really, really, really soft. And you know, if you're a Raiders fan, you kind of just scratch your head because is the season gone on you? Look, it's it's a bit hard to say that right now, but you're languishing in 13th position right now in 12 points. You're now still only one win outside the eight, but um, your four and against has taken a huge hit now. So now you're, you're minus 104 on the four and against all of a sudden now as with how close this comp gets, um, you know, you're in a position there. You're versing Manly next week. Uh, at Four Pines, that's going to be a huge task. To me, it's just, if you're a Raiders fan, you kind of scratch your head because, you know, I think a lot of people, some people were saying grand final, oh, I had them around that, you know, that four to four to six range 
on the ladder. Definitely going to be a, a, a threat. Having Chance go, we've said it all season, been a huge loss. I think the George Williams, Sam Williams has been great by all. He's been really, you know, a lot of teams would uh, really like to have a halfback like Sam Williams and have the experience there. So no, no shots at Sam Williams. I thought he tried hard. And that try that he scored was just, you know, one of the few players that you can really see had a dig and had a bit of effort there. So Sam Williams is in the problem. You know, George Williams, obviously, they would have done all their preseason training, all their plays would have been set around, set around George Williams. And Sam's coming there and doing his thing there. But you look at a guy like Jack White and, and a guy like Josh Hodgson, the two guys to me that are really needing to be the standouts. And even a guy like Joe Tarpenter, who still hasn't been able to force his way back into that fir- into that starting 13. You know, three internationals um, that just really have been lacking. And uh, I have hopes for the Raiders that can turn around because, again, just the quality the quality on the roster is there. So it's just about can Ricky reach these players and really try and get the best out of them because right now they're not getting it. And, you know, the, the pressure on Ricky Stewart's hot seat now, you know, I don't think they'll ever sack Ricky Stewart. It will never come out tomorrow in, in the news article at 10 that the Raiders have sacked uh, Ricky Stewart. But, you know, it would have surprised me in round 23 if there is a, you know, a, mu- a mutual agreement between Ricky Stewart and the Raiders uh, finishing up their their relationship. No, that won't surprise me. With the way the season's going, it kind of really does seem like this, this playing group, especially uh, just needs a bit of a different voice right now to, to get some results. But from a Titan side, you know, good win. Um, you went down there, beat a team around you on the comp. You've all, all of a sudden now got yourselves uh, back in the finals race, back up to 11th now on 12 points. So only one win outside the eight, similar to the Raiders now. So they've done what they did. They've obviously helped their four and against. They're only minus 56 now. They got the buy next week. So obviously that's another free two points. And then they'll be rolling and they can now try and get a couple of wins. They do have quite a few games at CBUS uh, later in the season. So, look, a couple of home games they've got to buy, freshen up, get Origin out of the way for their three Origin stars, and all of a sudden they could be cooking with some gas for the end of the year. So it was a very, very crucial game, I think, for both sides. It was one that I was really intrigued to watch. The way that it obviously went down was one that I did not see coming at all. The last game on Saturday, it was the Newcastle Knights 38 defeating the North Queensland Cowboys nil and the Cowboys just did not fire a shot and Kalen Ponga coming back was always going to be a huge huge boost um the winning percentage with Kalen Ponga and Mitch Pierce in the side versus not is obviously similar to a turbo not being there for Manly and Kalen Ponga only took two minutes for him to crash over scored another try set up a couple more he had his fingerprints all over this game I really really hope that uh, I know he will play Origin. The the squad does get announced uh, tomorrow for for Queensland. But to me, I really hope that he doesn't get picked because I would like to see him just nestle in and you know get into this Newcastle side and really try and make them get that top eight push that they really really need. You know, they're up to ninth now, so they are tied with the Sharks uh, on fourteen points. Uh, so they they're basically in the just on four and against. They're not right now, but you know they've helped the four and against. They're back to minus ninety three. They've got the buy next week. So, you know, they'll be able to bank the two points and hopefully the Sharks for them uh, can take an L there and they can pop themselves straight back up in the eight and they can make a bit of a push. So the Cowboys, they were on 14. This was their chance to actually move into the eight and solidify themselves. But instead, they get another huge score put on them. They are now minus 159. They are the third worst for and against in the competition, which is very telling. They've got the Rabbits next week. This, this... 
really nice story of the Cowboys is really starting to come a little bit undone here. Um, you know, some 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 key things to look at here. You know, the Tom Dearden, Scott Drinkwater half combination, it's not working. It's only been three, two or three. I think it's been three weeks now, but I'm just not seeing how that combination is going to move forward for the rest of the season and make it results. I don't see how Chad Townsend is going to come in and partner one of these guys to get the results. To me, there's just a, there's a couple of holes in this roster, the outside backs, edge edge back rowers, um, the use of Jason Tomalolo, um, Reese Robson getting spells and not playing him and Granville at the same time. You know, these, these are things that if you're a Cowboys fan, you kind of the, you just kind of wish you went out with a little bit more glory here because have throw some shots, you know, do some do some trick plays, try some 40-20s, try something because it was really just, you know, they were in autopilot and Newcastle did not play great footy. You know, they sparged over a couple of tries. Some of their young players got around it, you know, Ponger and Watson were instrumental. Pierce getting him around. I thought Clifford had a really good game too. Um, obviously, very key from a super coach perspective, Jake Clifford is now kicking the goal. So obviously, any Ponger or Barnett owners um, you know, shake a little bit now because Clifford's getting the goal kicking, but Clifford does knock him over at a good rate, five from seven this week. Um, this is exactly what Newcastle needs. They need to get on a roll. We did, we spoke about on a couple of super coach podcasts. Their run home at the end of the season is very, very juicy. They can really get on a bit of a roll here. I'm just going to bring it up now, but you know, if they get the buy next week, and let's say that the Sharks do lose and they get in the eight. Here's the here's the run home. So, like I said, they've got the bye next week. Two hard games in Melbourne and the Roosters out of the bye. So that's around 19, 18 and 19. But then from round 20, they've got the Raiders, they got the Broncos, the Sharks, the Bulldogs, the Titans, the Broncos. They can really go on a run there. They won't get to the top four, but they can really solidify themselves, you know, in sixth, seventh place and really um make a bit of a name for themselves and try and make some noise in the final. So hopefully for them. Um, they can keep it rolling, but if you're a, if you're a Cowboys fan, it's a, it's a bit of a tough one to swallow because you are really in that one. And you know, it, I thought it was nearly a 50-50, uh, but obviously with KP coming back, you just had to back him in, and yeah, they put on an absolute stellar performance. So, unfortunately, if you're a Cowboys fan, but if you're a Knights fan, you're cheering, you move on to next week and try and you know, obviously get the buy, freshen up the players, you know, Bradman Best to come back, Edric Lear to come back at some stage, and yeah, just see what you got there. First game on Sunday, upset of the round, you'd have to call it the Broncos 26 defeating the Sharks 18. And I, you know, I wasn't brave enough to pick the Broncos, but I did say uh, in the preview, this Sharks team is not a four win straight team. You know, obviously the record shows they won four straight before this, but they were, they were a flawed four win. I didn't think they were able to, you know, really keep it going and put a win streak on. And, you know, I thought against some really good quality opposition, um, they would be shown shown just that, but the Broncos came out with some real positive attitude. I thought Tony Staggs, obviously, in his first game back was sensational. Payne Haas, easily his best game of the year, led by led by example. Uh, and Tessie New is really getting the run of fullback now. And, you know, I thought Tyson Campbell and Brody Croft did what they needed to do, get the ball to players where it needed to get it to. This is just this side now with Asako on a wing, Staggs in the centers, Tessie Nua fullback, you know, Payne Haas up front, Katoni Sags out wide. This team is starting to make some sense. And Kevin Walters and Ben Eichen, you know, they're, they're, they've got a little bit of chance here. They've got a chance to kind of get on a roll at the end of the season and really 
similar to what the Bulldogs normally do and give a lot of the fans the hope for the next season. But the difference is the Broncos have cattle. The Broncos have the players to get the job done. You know, we've spoken about their they core young players. They've still got a lot of them. They've let a lot of them go, and we've we've lamented that point all season. But you know, let's talk through the rest of their run here. So they got the bye next week, so I'll guarantee two points. Then they got the Tigers, who's just above them on the ladder, so they can overtake them. They've also got the Panthers, which is going to be a loss. But then you got the Cowboys. They could beat the Cowboys at Suncorp. Then they got the Knights. Look. Depending on obviously what type of Knights team there is, then you know that probably is a loss with the Roosters. Then right after that, the Warriors and the Sharks in round twenty three and twenty four. Then the Knights in round twenty five. Depending on they might you know rest some players if they're already in the eight. And the Broncos get another win, so the Broncos have a chance to really, you know, they're not going to get up to you know ninth, tenth on the ladder, but they can you know climb out of the battle for fifteen and sixteen. They can get up to you know thirteen, you know, and that's still an improvement from last year, improvement from where they started the season. So. Very, very interesting. You know, they really attacked the the Sharkies. I thought they they went through the middle. You know, they they established the the platform to go through the middle, and that allowed them the chance to go out wide. And when they did go out wide, it was very, very telling. I thought the biggest moment of the game, obviously, was uh, where Talakai did the line break, passed to SJ, under to Ramian and Tyson Gamble. Huge hit to knock the ball out. Got in his face a couple of times. You know, got a couple of face laps. You know, G'd everyone up off the scrum. Tessie knew breaks through great great um effort to get over and score the try off, off the restart there so this broncos team has a bit of fight about them which i do like and uh if you're a sharks fan whew, you know it's one of the times in this podcast you know i'm normally speechless about once once or twice a podcast where i kind of see a player or a team's effort and you know the two easily for me this week were the raiders at home and the sharks here because the Sharks, well, this was really set up, you know, if they were what everyone wanted them to think they were, you know, they could go up there. Will Kennedy, SJ can really, you know, put on a show. Matt Moylan pulling out of the warmest was big. Um, but, you know, in saying that, they did get Sione Katoa back. So probably one of the best outside backs came back in. Obviously, uh, Billy Trindle came in and tried to do a job for S- uh, for Moylan, but... Yeah, if you're if you're SJ and Will Kennedy, you kind of need to take the, the game by the scruff of the neck there and put it finish it off. You know, Tracy played well, got a got a double, but other than that, there wasn't really a standout Sharky for me. Um, yeah, this was the one that they really really needed, and like I said, they are eighth right now, but they could have really put a bit of separation between the teams chasing them, and they chose not to do that. So unfortunate for the Sharks, uh, but yeah, the Broncos, you definitely take that win there. Last game of the round from Leichhardt Oval, the Rabbits 38 defeating the West Tigers 22. This game could have been anything. At one stage, there was a chance that it looked like uh, the Rabbits would put a bit of a Melbourne on the Tigers and go a bit of a 66 to nil type of game. Um, you know, sort of hot, uh, but a bit of fatigue, obviously, later in the game. Um, after the after the second half, I thought, whatever Magic McGuire did say to the boys, they got up, you know, Dewey crushed over for a double, Laurie and Nofaluma got some tries. I thought the Dane Laurie try was obviously just, that's just hard on Will. Dewey, anytime he can get the ball in hand, I think he's going to have to switch back to the 5-8 slot very soon because they've got to get the ball in hand. Um, he's their best player. And I think that's that's undeniable now. Uh, and for the super coaches, uh, well, we're going to do it on podcast soon. But yeah, I think he's a genuine gun for the run home now in the 5-8 spot, especially if they do move him back to 5-8 and he's getting his hands on the ball more. 
for the Rabbits, like I said, they really wanted to put the foot down in the first half and they really did let it off in the second half. You know, some of the tries they scored were very, very easy. I thought the two Campbell Graham tries especially. Just very poor defense by the Tigers. But then, like I said, the the Tigers strolled over for a couple, you know, an easy miss by Adam Reynolds and Dewey for his try. Uh, Cook getting caught out a bit in the lorry try. So defense was not the order for the whole round, but in this game especially, you know, some of the players going through the motions there. I thought Cody Walker was outstanding. Alex Johnson obviously getting another two tries. Campbell Graham getting two tries. You know, the Rabbits are just going to keep going. They're going to, they're looking to wrap up that top four spot because I think we all know now that um, the top four is easily going to be, you got the top two that's in the league of their own in the Storm and the Panthers. Um, then you got that little battle between Para, the Rabbits, the Roosters, and Manly for the, for the other top, top, top four spots there. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, the Rabbits still have this little run here from a super, super coach perspective that is very, very intriguing. Um, if you are someone that has only jumped on, you know, an Alex Johnston, or you've just jumped on a, you know, a Cody Walker, you know, you kind of look at what's what's next for them. They got the Cowboys next week, then the Bulldogs, the Warriors, the Dragons. You know, I think Cam Murray, Damian Cook, uh, Campbell Graham, even A Ray, all these players are going to come into some contention for some some points there. So the Rabbits will keep on trucking along. Like I said, not the most competitive game. They blew it out in the first little bit there, but um, and then they uh, got pulled in a little bit. So comfortable win if you're a Rabbits fan. You take that win. If you're a Tigers fan, I don't think you were going in there expecting the win. You did play them very uh, nearly to a stalemate uh, earlier in the season, obviously that great finish. Uh, so you'd be disappointed that the, of the start because obviously you had two weeks to kind of stew on what the Melbourne Storm did to you, and then you come out there and lay that egg to start the game. So... Bit unfortunate if you are a Rabbits fan, oh, sorry, a Tigers fan, but you move on next week and you can hopefully get a couple of games to get away from that uh, bottom two spot there because you do want to avoid getting, you know, that 15, 16 type of, type of season there. That's it for the games, guys. Let's have a quick look at the ladder. So on in first place, the Melbourne Storm on 28. In second, the Panthers on 28. In third, the Rabbits on 26. Obviously, they now jump up over the Eels, who's on 24 after their loss to the Panthers. In 20 points, you've got Manly, who's four and against, is now skyrocketing up to 131+. plus. The Roos is also on 20 on, in sixth place. So the top six looks pretty set. I don't think anyone's going to be breaking that. It's just going to be the, the combination of, you know, do, do the Rabbits sneak up on the Panthers now with a couple of injuries? Does Manly get into the top four? Do they overtake Parramatta, who they do first later in the year? Then we go down to seventh. So you got the Dragons alone on 16. In eight, you got the Sharks on 14, followed by the Knights on 14, the Cowboys on 14. You got the uh, Titans on 12 in 11th. You got the Warriors on 12 on in 12th. And you got the Raiders in on 13 in 13 on 12 points. You got the Tigers in 14th on 10 points. You got the Brisbane Broncos who now move out of the bottom of the ladder. They go to eighth, uh, eight points in 15th place and obviously the Bulldogs getting absolutely trounced and they are now on six points in 16th place. So look guys, it is heating up. I think there is a genuine top six and I think any of the six, you know, I'd like to say that all six can win the comp, but I think it is really down to four. I think it is Melbourne and Panthers in the league of their own. Manly is really knocking on the door to try and enter that and the Rabbits. I think Parramatta and the Roosters, 
just missing that one key piece that can really do something. If you do look at the betting uh, competition ladder, um, Melbourne favourites are 275, Panthers are 350, then you got the Rabbits at $6, you got Parramatta at 11 then you got the Manly Seagulls at 13 and the Roosters are going out to 19. So I think out of all those, you still got to go Melbourne and the Panthers. And then, you know, if Turbo is fit, Manly at 13 has come in from 15 earlier in the week. So obviously they are starting to get a bit of traction now. So it will be interesting to see what happens. But again, not the most inter- not the most entertaining round of footy. There were a lot of tries, a lot of scores, but obviously we do like to see some close f- affairs. So hopefully we do got the, the split round next week, the buy round. So half the teams are off having the bye. So hopefully we do get a couple of closer games. We will be back later this week. Got a couple of Supercoach po- uh, podcasts, a classic and a draft. We got uh, a Origin 2 uh, reactions as well as the Origin 3 teams reaction. So we'll go through those plus a couple of little bonus ones for the weekend to keep the, keep the content going. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. Hear from you soon. Cheers.